Okay, so we are start reading uh, God's word from Revelation chapter 8. We read the whole chapter. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there was noises, thunderings, lightnings and earthquake. So the seven angel, angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown on the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and on the, on the, on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Amen. Amen. So as the introdu introduction to our message this morning, I'd like to recall what we have covered so far from the book of Revelation. And uh, we know that uh, Revelation or ap Apocalypse in Greek means uh, disclosure or unveiling of unseen uh, heavenly future realities. And the book of Revelation unveils uh, the battle and the unseen reality the church is uh, engaged. It shows us uh, that in this uh, conflict between like good and uh, bad, or good and evil, uh, in this conflict we see that Jesus already had won. And his death on the cross, his resurrection, he went back to heaven, so he is the one who won. And the dragon, or the evil one, the old serpent, from the book of Revelation, we see that it's attacking uh, God's chosen people, the church, and uh, 
he uses persecution to do this, he uses false teachings, he uses to, to tempt the Church of God through materialism and all kinds of uh, uh, bad things. So there is encouragement for us in the book of Revelation that we are on the good side. We belong to Jesus, who is already the victor. So in this book of Revelation, it's an apocalyptic uh, uh, writing, we see the symbolic uses of uh, colors, of numbers and other things. Like for example, we see seven is a number we see almost on every page in, in this book. Like there are seven churches, uh, seven uh, scepters in uh, Jesus is walking in between. Then we see the seven uh, letters, the seven trumpets, the seven seals, the seven bowls, and so on. And uh, in this story, uh, this repetition of uh, numbers and symbolism, it's like uh, uh, in a movie when we see the same uh, image from different angles. The same story is being uh, told from different angles. Um, and uh, beginning uh, to recapitulate what we have already covered in the first seven chapters, I'd like us to see the book of Revelation like a, a, a huge tapestry. And uh, a huge tapestry that is being made. It's not yet finished, but it's in, in work. And there are many threads. And uh, if you want to, to see the big picture, you have to step back. You don't take one thread and go along it, how it relates to the other threads and how it goes and start to try to understand all the bits. But you step back far enough to see the, the large picture. And uh, I would like to do this in this morning, just uh, before we turn to chapter 8. So the book of Revelation begins with a greeting from Jesus and from the whole Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus Christ exalted, and he appears in, uh, to, to John in a vision, in his glory, and uh, he walks among his churches. Then he uh, dictates and sends uh, the letters to the seven churches, um, these are specific historical churches in Asia Minor, in present-day Turkey. And um, these letters are, have a message that sometimes uh, might feel uncomfortable to us, because th they can pierce our hearts and they can search our hearts. And this is because Jesus wants to cleanse his church. and. Uh, to belong to him completely. So these churches, some of them struggling with false teaching, some uh, go through persecution and sufferings and imprisonments, and uh, 
some became lukewarm. And the state of these churches and the message to these churches are the message to today's churches as well. So we have to, uh, to search ourselves how we stand before the Lord. Jesus Christ uh, uh, completes the seven uh, messages to these churches with the following verse. And he calls all his churches and calls us today as well to conquer and to overcome. He says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And uh, Jesus' call to us is the same. So we should persevere. We should not get sidetracked. We should not give up. We should not give in. We should press on. And we should cross the finish line and win the prize. But the question is how uh, is the church to do that? How are we to do that? And this is when a turn is uh, in the book of Revelation, beginning with the chapter 4, verse 1. And there G John is told, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. And John is taken in his spirit, in maybe bodily, in his vision, to see an open door in heaven. And he sees the worship that is in there, in heaven. And uh, he sees things that's happening in the heaven. And then he will see the visions that will be the future events that will follow. So chapters 4 and 5 are a vision of heaven. We see the glory of Jesus and we see the glory of God. So in chapter 4, we see a revelation of the glory of the Father, the God creator. And then in chapter 5, we see the glory of the Son, Christ, the Redeemer. And uh, because God is also the creator and the Redeemer of his people, and his creation, he has the right to do whatever he wants with, with it. So, there is a, a question or a tension in heaven, uh, what John sees, because no one was able to take the scroll from the Father's hand, and the scroll probably had written all the future events, the plans of God, the purpose of God, and who is able to take the scroll and open its seals so that the events should follow. So he sees Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, or the Lion of God, Lion of Judah, who has conquered and he's able to take the scroll and to open its uh, seals. And this is a picture for us, the church, how we should overcome in our struggles and uh, our fight against sin and against the powers of darkness.
How can we overcome? Jesus overcame by dying on the cross. Jesus overcame by giving away his life, by uh, dying on the cross. And also the church overcomes by dying with Christ and also by opening our eyes to the open door that is in heaven that Jesus Christ opened through his own body so we now have access to the throne of God. So we should see Jesus in our struggles, in, in our fight against sin. And if we want to overcome in our battle, just lift our eyes on Jesus, on the cross, and there's victory every time that we do this. So look up. Don't take off your eyes of Jesus. And uh, then we go to chapter 6. And uh, chapter 6, uh, in chapter 6, we find the opening of the seals, the first six of them. The seventh is opened later. So. <coughs> Some understand uh, this to be the beginning of the tribulation or the 70, 70 weeks of uh, the book of Daniel. And uh, so the tribulation begins in uh, chapter 6 and it goes till chapter 19 in the book of Revelation. So. In chapter 6, we see opening the first six uh, seals, where the first four are the, first, the four horsemen of the Apocalypse. So, the first one rides a white horse, is crowned, and uh, came out to conquer. And uh, some understand this one to be representing Jesus, because he is crowned and he's on a white horse as Jesus Christ later in the Apocalypse, in the Revelation. But some understand it to be uh, a bad guy, an evil uh, person or force that's coming out to, to do bad things and to dominate and to oppress and to control. And the second horseman is, a, is riding a red horse. And we read that he is going to take the peace away from the earth and will bring violence and war and conflict. The third one rides a black horse and has a pair of scales in his hand. And we see that it will bring uh, enormous uh, economic uh, loss and the price will uh, go high and people won't be able to buy even necessary food. Uh, the food for one person will be equal with one day's wages. And uh, it will be a disaster. Then the fourth horseman, we see he's riding a pale horse and he's called Death and Hades, or the, the grave, 
is following him with all his power to kill. And we read with sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. All these uh, seals that we read about, uh, that were opened so far, the first four, are affecting the earth. And if we look closely, we see that all the horsemen were given something. Were given a crown, were given power, were given uh, uh, authority to do bad. It's not theirs by nature. It's not there by their force. Somebody was given them. So even the most evil thing in this world that's affecting us or will come is in control of someone higher than the evil one. Who gave them this power? God is the one who allows these evil things to happen. Just remember when Jesus is in front of Pilate and Pilate says, why won't you answer? You don't know I have authority. And Jesus replies, you won't have no authority unless it's given to you by the Father. And we also read in uh, the letter to Romans that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Even the, the worst days of our life, even the worst things that happen or might come, they work together for good, for those who love Jesus. And then, with the opening uh, of the fifth seal, the, the scene shifts again from the earth and uh, to heaven. And we see the soul, souls of those people who were slain, who died as martyrs. They are under the, the altar. And uh, they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood and those who dwell on earth? So the altar is the place where atonement is made. They are there under the altar, they are in a safe place, and they are forgiven. They, we read that they are dressed in white robes, and that is the righteousness of Christ. So, the white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of the, their fellow servants and their brethren, uh, who would be killed as they were, were, was completed. So how long, O Lord, is their cry? This can be our cries as well sometimes. How long, O Lord? When we go through suffering, when we go through trials in our life, and when this cry, cry comes up in our hearts, just go as these martyrs, are under the altar. We should go there as well and rest there and wait a little longer. And then the opening of the sixth seal in chapter six is understood by many people or commentators uh, to be the end. 
The earth shakes, the sun goes black, the moon turns red, stars fall down, the sky rolls up, islands disappear, mountains crumble, and there, are an, uh, there is another cry of the rebelling humanity, the humanity who didn't accept Jesus Christ, and they are crying a different cry. They cry, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Then in chapter 7, there is a, a break in the events, and uh, we can learn from this that even in the midst of great uh, judgments, there is still mercy. Because what we see in chapter 7 is uh, that God didn't finish yet with the humanity. There is still a place for people to repent. And what's happening in chapter 7 is that uh, 144,000 are sealed, and the seal means that they belong to somebody. They belong to Jesus. They are his own people. They have been brought, they have been uh, uh, purchased. And uh, <coughs> there is still a time for revival in the Great Tribulation. A great multitude, which no one could number, will wash their robes and make them white in the blood of the Lamb. Some understand the, these Jews who are told in the first part of chapter 7 to represent the whole people of God. Some understand it to refer to only to the people of Israel. But then in the second part of chapter 7, we read that they, come, they are coming from all tribes, all nations, and everywhere, people who belong to Jesus. So we see here that before the last uh, seal is open, we see that uh, God uh, saves his people. Because Jesus says in uh, the Gospel of John that no one uh, of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Maybe we wonder sometimes if we could make it, if we'll be able to stand before God. And the good news is it doesn't stand on our strength. It's in the blood of Jesus. He is the one who holds us. He is the one who saved us and who will keep us. So, we, we now arrived to the seventh uh, seal and uh, in chapter 8. And the seventh seal we see that contains the seven trumpets. Later we see that the seventh trumpet will contain the seven bowls. So it's like with each uh, 
of this uh, cycle of events, the, the, the judgment intensifies. It's like uh, the, the seal series will introduce the trumpet series, and then the last trumpet will introduce the bowl series. And uh, so <clears throat> we are here in chapter eight, and uh, we saw in chapter four and five what was happening in heaven before the seals were opening. And now, before the trumpets are sound, we have another glimpse to heaven, and we see what's happening in there. And then, after the, the trumpets, before the bowls, we will have another glimpse to heaven in chapter 15. As the seventh seal is opened, we see that there is silence in heaven for about half an hour. What is a sim symbolic uh, uh, time for a short time. So we see here in uh, chapter 8, beginning from verse 1 up to verse 5 before the first trumpet sounds, we see that what happens with the prayers of the saints. Verse 2 we read, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. God is the one who gives these angels the trumpets, and who who sends them and who gives them the work to carry out his will. And I would like to turn back in our mind to, to the book of Daniel, where we see Daniel in chapter 10 uh, praying and staying before God and uh, crying before God and mourning because he wanted to understand what is going to happen and uh, there we read uh, about uh, a messenger of God that was sent to him to strengthen him and to give him the, the vision. And we see that Daniel was mourning for 21 days, for three weeks. And when the messenger arrives to him, he says, on the first day, your cry was answered. I came with the message to you on the first day, but because of the prince of Persia, stood against me. I wasn't able to come, but Michael, a prince of God, came to my help. So this is what happens sometimes with our prayer as well. God hears our prayers. None of our prayers will fade away or go, will go unheard. God hears our prayers. But sometimes the answer is to wait a little longer, as we saw with the, the, the martyrs uh, earlier in, in chapter 6 or chapter 5, or chapter 6. And uh, 
because there is a spiritual war going on. There are powers of good and evil, and we are like fighters, soldiers in this fight, with our prayers being the weapons. And sometimes the answer is being held back. But God finally will give us the answer. For we read in Ephesians chapter 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places. Sometimes the battle is fierce. Demons, angels are involved. And, uh, but our prayers are effective. So don't give up praying. Even if you feel there is no answer, even when your cries are so heavy, there's still answer. Just wait and uh, God will give the answer. So Jesus taught us to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Your name, uh, sanctify your name or hallowed be your name. Your will be done and your kingdom come. And this is the prayer of the church for thousands of years now. And this prayer is being answered because we will see in the book of Revelation that his kingdom will come, in effect, in power to this earth. And um, our prayers are the means. Uh, God uses our pay prayers to accomplish things on the earth. Because uh, Jesus says you have because you, are not, you don't ask. And he said, ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. But if we don't ask and we don't pray, it might not be given to us. But if we pray, things will happen. Things will get accomplished. So don't give up, don't be discouraged if you don't see answer on the first time, but keep on praying. Now we turn to the trumpets and in chapter 8, we see the first uh, four trumpets. The first uh, four trumpets are judgment on earth. All of them will cause judgment to earth or the, the nature. And they are judgments as a response to the prayer of the saints. Just as we saw in chapter 6, that uh, the seal judgments destroyed part of the earth, like a third of the earth. Now we see uh, with these uh, uh, trumpet judgments as well, the destruction will affect the earth. And uh, these uh, judgments, the trumpet judgments, are very similar to the plagues in Egypt that uh, affected the, the Egyptians. What happened there in uh, Exodus? We see that the people of God 
were praying to God, were crying to God, because the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. And God judged Egypt because of the cry of his people, because of the cry of the Israelites, and he delivered them because of their prayers. And we see here in the book of Revelation the ultimate exodus of the people of God, the church, coming out from the great Babylon and being saved, being delivered, and as a result of our prayer, just as in the case of Egypt, God is going to judge the wicked world and deliver uh, his people uh, from, from this earth. And what we will see in the end of the chapter 9, we see that just as Pharaoh and the people of Egypt refused to repent, the people uh, of this earth will refuse to repent. Even after they go through much suffering and all these judgments, they will still refuse. But today, there is still a possibility for everybody to repent. So we should tell people about the gospel and we should pray for them. So the first four trumpets are uh, natural because they affect the land, the salt water, and uh, the fresh water, and the heavenly uh, bodies, the sun, the moon, the stars. But the fifth and the sixth trumpet we will see in chapter 9, those are unleashing demonic forces to earth. They will uh, torment and they will kill people. And then the seventh trumpet in chapter 11, they contain the seven bowls. And we will learn about them later. So <clears throat> the first four trumpets that we are dealing now are the God's sovereignty over the creation and uh, as a response to the pleas of his people, to the prayer of his people. So God is, uh, first of all, he is uh, judging the earth. We, we see that the angel sounded, the first angel sounded, and hail and fire, fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. And this is similar to the seventh plague in uh, uh, Egypt. And uh, we see that uh, only a third of the earth, the trees and uh, trees and the grass uh, is affected. So, so the, the green uh, vegetation is affected. There is still uh, uh, 
still mercy in the punishment. It's not final, it's not complete, it's just a little taste. It's just enough for people to turn back to God. But as we will see, most people uh, won't repent. Then with the opening of the sev uh, second seal, uh, the second trumpet, uh, we see something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And we see that a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. And this is just like uh, the first plague in Egypt, where we read that all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish were in the river, all the fish that were in the river died and the river stank and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So the first trumpet affects the, the vegetation, the second affects the waters, the seas. The, the sea was very important for the Romans uh, as they were uh, using their ships for trade and for, for uh, food commerce. But this uh, judgment is still partial, is not complete. Then with the, the third trumpet, we see that it will affect the, the sweet waters, the rivers and the springs. There is a star that is falling on the rivers and on the, the wells and uh, it's called Wormwood. <clears throat> we see the same in Egypt, in one of the plagues, when the water uh, became undrinkable. And also, if you remember the, what happened with the people of Israel when they were uh, complaining against God at Marah, because the water was bitter. This is a reverse of that, yeah. like there the bitterness became good water, here the good water becomes bitter. So here also only a third is affected. And there is a great star, it's named Warwood. The star to, it's to be uh, some people understand to, to be the star uh, from Isaiah, where we, in chapter 14 we see uh, a star falling. A morning star is called in there uh, to be Satan in Isaiah chapter 14. And the fourth trumpet, the last one in chapter 8, sounds and uh, a third of the stars, a third of the sun, a third of the moon is affected and the day becomes darkness, not completely, just a third of it and the same with night. And also we see this happening in Egypt with the ninth plague when darkness is affecting uh, the whole part of Egypt but not one part where the Israelites live. Uh, we read in the Minor Prophets, in Joel or Amos, 
that uh, the day of the Lord will be darkness, not light. <coughs> I would like to read a, a quote from a commentary from Grant Osborne. Uh, the purpose of the first four trumpet judgments is primary to disprove the earthly gods and to show that Yahweh alone is on the throne. By recapitulating the Egyptian plagues, God wants to make his omnipotence known to the world and to show the futility of turning against him. Each of these judgments addresses a different aspect of life in the ancient world and in the modern world as well. The first shows that the material world is no answer. The second and the third addresses the sea trade, including food supplies. And the fourth focuses on life itself in that the heat and light of the celestial bodies. The four together prove that those who live only for this world have chosen foolishly, for only in God is their true life. Earthly things turn on us and we dare not depend on them. Why is God judging this world? It is because of sin. It is because people, even though they should know about God, as we read in uh, Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2, they refuse to turn to God. They reject God. That's why judgment is coming. God is righteous to condemn us. So this, to this point in chapter 8, the first four trumpets have been blown, affecting the land, the sea, the rivers, and uh, the, the light. And it is interesting to observe the blowing of the trumpets in chapter 8 and 9 is matching with the outpouring of the, the bowls in, later in chapter 16. Because with the first trumpet and the first bowl, is affecting the land. Then the second of each will affect the sea. The third trumpet and the third bowl will affect the rivers, the spring waters, and the fourth will affect the, the sun and the light. And then there is one more verse after the fourth trumpet. We read in uh, verse 13, and I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So, Three woes are coming in chapter 9, and uh, <clears throat> these uh, forces that will come as judgment, they come from God himself. God is the one who, who is sending these. And we see that these woe to the inhabitants of the earth, it's, most of the commentators says this is to understand as people 
who are living for the earth, who are not living for heaven. They are inhabitants of the earth. They belong to earth. As we saw earlier, that God sealed his people. Later we will see that Satan will seal his people as well. People will take the mark of the beast on their foreheads and on their arms. We saw that uh, every time when God is bringing judgment in the Old Testament, God is rescuing his people. He does this all the time. When judgment is coming, he will rescue his people. And it will be in the last days also. God will keep his people even through tribulations or sufferings or uh, persecution, but God will keep his people and uh, God will save his people. But there is one thing I'd like us to consider in light of the coming judgment. We are told in uh, Ezekiel, the prophet, when he is called to be a prophet, God uh, told him that if you see the judgment coming and you will warn the wicked because of their way and the wicked will not turn to me, their blood will be, they will be responsible for their death. But if you see the judgment coming and you are not warning the wicked, the wicked will perish, but his blood I will ask from your hand. So we are somehow responsible for other people. If we know the truth, if we know the gospel, to tell others, we are responsible for them, to pray for them and to tell them about uh, Jesus. And I would like to read uh, two quotes about prayer as closing. The first one is from uh, somebody named Guy King, and the quote is, no one is a firmer believer in the power of prayer than the devil. Not because he practices it, but because he suffers from it. So our prayers affect his kingdom, and we are to pray hard and fight hard in prayer. Somehow, our prayer will move God's hand to act and his plan to, to come to life. And then Spurgeon said, prayer is a gift from God as well as appeal to God. Every prayer for mercy is not a cause but a result. Divine grace is at the back of prayer and at the base of prayer. So our prayer is a gift from God. And also he helps us in our prayers. Because sometimes, as we read in Romans, we don't know how to pray or what to say, but the Holy Spirit himself helps us in, in our weakness. So prayer is what moves God, as we see even to judge the world. And uh, Prayer also moves God not to judge the world, but to save the sinners. We read so many stories of great men of God who have been prayed uh, for by somebody, their mother, their uh, brothers, their, somebody prayed for them. 
And the most miserable people on earth are those for whom nobody is praying. So we should pray for people that we know, our family members, our friends, because God moves uh, through our prayer. So there will be one day, then we either will have the mark or the seal of God on our, us or the mark of the beast. E either the mark of the lamb or the mark of the dragon. Time is short, judgment is coming, salvation is as close as a prayer. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Amen.